What's up with y'all, man? This is your boy, Lita Johnson, back here with the Fire Leader Podcast. Your boy's back. Now listen. The boy back on the basketball tip. Let's talk about these Sixers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Basketball back July 31st. What's going on? Everybody happy? Everybody happy? Yeah, all right. Now, what happens? I'm going to come from the perspective of the Sixers. Sixers have Al Horford, they have Joel Embiid, they have Ben Simmons, they have Josh Richardson, they have Tobias Harris. Arguably the best starting five in the league. Still, if you look at them, no matter what you're saying, looking at Miami, they're doing the, oh, they got a better record than the Sixers. Oh, look at the, the Raptors, the Celtics. I just think that the East is a little bit underrated. I mean, look at the teams like Miami and Toronto and Indiana who can upset the only team I could see that you're looking at that the Lakers and the Clippers are a team when you get in the playoffs, you're like, okay, seven game series, you ain't gonna be able to beat these two. I just think it's gonna be the Clippers and the Lakers until further notice. I don't think that with the Rockets taking out what they took out, especially taking Capella out, that was just the stupidest trade. I mean, man, that was so stupid. You already had Westbrook. Why would you trade Capella? What are they trying to do? I hope whatever they're trying to accomplish, they accomplish. Because this is stupid. Stupid, 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 stupid. Now, you're not going to have enough firepower to mess with the Clippers. And, and, and you shouldn't. I'm going to say that you shouldn't. You got, you got Denver, who is a real complete team. just young. You know, Michael Porter Jr. is looking good. You know, the Blazers are always going to be tough. It's just what it is. As long as Damian Lillard plays for that team, the Blazers are going to be tough. All right? Um... Utah, of course, that'll be a tough team. But really, I don't look at the West as a team that blows you away with play with teams. With what Denver, you can get you can get Miami to go against Denver. You can get Toronto. All, all of them are still equaled up. The West and the East is not a runaway thing. You might look at the Clippers and the Lakers and say, "Wow!" But you can still look at Milwaukee and look at uh. Well, this is where the toss up comes. You think Philly, and that's what I think still. I just think on paper, in a seven-game series, with all that size, all that athleticism, you're not going to be able to beat them for a seven. You're going to have to really have an elite team. Okay? A real elite team. So, in my opinion, I mean, if y'all are asking leader, I think it's Philly and Milwaukee to, to the bone for the conference championship. Depending on the brackets or whatever, I think it's Philly and Milwaukee. I just think that's what's going to happen. Toronto is cool, but seven-game series, who is going to be? That's why I was always losing, because who is going to be the X factor against stars like Guinness and Embiid and, and Simmons? And then you look at people forgetting about Tobias Harris, and the people really look under Al Horford, how good he is. It's just crazy. People, I think the Sixers, they were just getting to their point. Just like I could say about, I used to say about Villanova, you had to wait. You had to let this team gel. It started from the top of the, the top of the, of the season, which the team last year had to catch on near the fourth quarter. And I was saying the second half, here come the Sixers. And we would have saw something nice. I mean, you saw people like Shake Milton and Furkan Korkmaz, just two guys that turned into real big-time bench players. And, you know, Kyle O'Quinn is underrated in there. 
it's real. That bench is very underrated. Uh, Matisse Thibel, we all know. Mike Scott started to come back. They really believe in him for them to trade James Ennis and not Mike Scott. Raul Neto still tough. So, I'm going to be extra when it comes to the 76ers. I just think they are a championship team. And what I mean by being extra is that you're going to hear me really break down why this team can beat the Lakers. Because I think the Lakers will win this year regardless of the Sixers going against them. But I think it could be an upset. Why do I think the the Sixers can beat Milwaukee in the seventh? I mean, look at that team. Milwaukee, another thing, people like really slash that. They really step on their team. It's crazy. They step on their squad. Brooke Lopez is one of the best centers in the league. He's not going to be a Hall of Famer, but he is one of the best centers in the NBA. He's been like that all the time. Eric Bledsoe is one of the best point guards in the NBA. He's not going to the Hall of Fame, but he's one of the best point guards in the NBA. Chris Middleton is an all-star. Stop throwing him under the bus. Jesus Christ. It's all oh, guys with the guys he had. What these guys are good. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dante DiVincenzo, like he's a slouch. Like, I just don't get what are they adding up when you look at this Milwaukee team? This is a very good team on paper. Before the season even started, I, I, they're basing like they base that off of you know the the I guess the super team era. If you ain't got two or three superstars, you're not a match. Well, they don't always win. We know that Oklahoma City, Houston. I mean Portland. Portland had Carmelo. It wasn't like they took over the West, and Carmelo was balling. You know, the time the Boston Celtics looked like they had an overwhelmingly good team with Kyrie, Al Horford, and the Young Bucks. They looked over. It never, you have to put it all together. And so, I just think the Lakers with LeBron, the LeBron factor is always me. The LeBron factor. I mean, he, he just changes the whole game. So, we come to the Sixers, and we talk, we talk about what makes them a championship. I think their defense and their, their length and their defense, like they haven't even got to the best of how they're going to be. You know, they went through turmoil like any team can and will do, you know, mentally. There's a lot of alphas in their locker room there. Al Horford's an alpha. Ben Simmons, Jolene B, alphas. Tobias Harris, alpha. And a, and, and a guy who's learning to be one is Josh Richardson. I think on this team – People get to see in the NBA just how good the boy is. They get to see how the boy ball. You know, because they needed him a lot of times and he showed up. And he's on he's in Philly. He's not, you know, Miami's one thing because Miami basically is rebuilding with a bunch of young bucks. But you you around Embiid and Simmons and, and, and the market is there. The eyes are there. So he's going to become a whole nother guy. His market's going to go up regardless and he's not a free agent next year they have him for two more years two three more years i mean he's going to be on their team a trade we want to talk about trade trades can happen josh Richardson and al Horford can get traded i don't think tobias ben simmons and joel and are not going anywhere but 
there's um, this possibility, Josh, which can go. Al Horford, yes, because he's the old elder guy making the money. You you keep Josh and let Al. If, if anybody gets traded, Al is the elder guy. He's of value. People already know what he can do. Everything that they're criticizing him for, they know he can contrib- contribute to any playoff team and be a big, big plus. Regardless of what they're saying, he's not doing with Philly. I think he's doing what he's supposed to. I mean, he, he has to learn, you know, of course he's not as fast as other guys, but he can run the floor good enough. He has to space. He's shooting a lot of three-pointers, more three-pointers than he did with Boston, uh, moving around quicker. I mean, they got four guys that can move. All they got to do is realize where Al is, and Al is also smart. You've got to let him figure this out. You just can't knock him down and decide to trade him. Hey, I didn't agree with that. But if you're bringing somebody super to the table, like a, I would like Blake Griffin. That would be, if I was trading, it would be Blake Griffin. But they're not going to do that trade. <laughs> There's no way to trade. But I'm just saying the type of power forward that you would really that would really flourish with this team would be a Blake Griffin. But you get Horford. Horford is still a good all-star player. So once this team gets in the playoffs and they play, even Joel Embiid had a lacking season, and look what he averaged. Like Ben Simmons really had the best season out of anybody on this team. He he's really the MVP of this season. He's played so much better, and that's without even you seen a little bit of his jump shot. <laughs> seen him hit a three pointer. You know. Couple threes been drained by him now everybody, but he just did that to shut people up. Like he's playing the best game his his basketball career, best season of his basketball career, and he's learning it. The the monster part about Simmons is that he's learning as he goes. He's learning. Ben Simmons is learning basketball as he goes. And look, he's already an All Star type player. And he's not even he's to be real. We we could talk about the jump shot, but he hasn't even got crisp at driving. He hasn't even got crisp at rebounding. He hasn't even got crisp at passing. He just does a little bit of everything good. The one thing you haven't seen is the jump shot, and that's it. But everything else, he hasn't mastered that. He hasn't looked masterful on that. He just is good at what he does and spectacular. But but it's, it, the spectacular play isn't defined. It's not polished. Ben Simmons is not polished. He's an all-star. That should be scary to everybody. So you you get him, and um, you got Josh Richardson. Him and Josh Richardson have formed a, a, a you know a, a, a chemistry, a super chemistry. Like seriously, like uh, he can play defense just like I think they're the best or most underrated defensive backcourt in the in the league because the, I think that to me it, the length and what Simmons can do Simmons to me was the defensive player of the year and the way he's been playing I mean he's been winning games with his defense I, some, somebody said Goldberg or, no nobody's been better defensively all around than Ben Simmons this year not at all not at all he has been something spectacular defensively and now I'm more excited to see how good he is defensively, and he has the passing, 
the possibility of the jump shot. I mean, this guy could be the best player in basketball. I think I think for about three, he's going to have a three-year run where he's the best player in basketball. And he, he'll leave the best point guard to ever play this game. And when he leaves his career, Ben Simmons will be the best point guard that ever played in the NBA. Like, I just think, for one, that he's going to have a couple of MVPs, Couple, he's really going to become a dominant player because what you're looking at is a power forward that's so athletically gifted he can guard all five positions and play the point guard position. That is crazy right there. People are not even realizing, like, when you hear Ryan Holland's dummy, excuse me, I respect him, but I, I, just, don't, I just think he's a dummy for saying some of the stuff he says. He's probably... One of the worst analysts on TV to me. But he just says some real crazy stuff that just makes no sense. The disrespect he gave Ben Simmons is crazy because nobody... Like, I remember one of my guys, I think Billups said he's a 6'10 Rondo. I said to myself, Rondo wasn't at his guard position as, as athletically gifted. But you can say that because of the passing ability. Rondo is a great passer. He's one of the best passers I've seen in my time. But so is you look at Simmons. And that's what makes him so good. He can he can pass like Rondo at six ten. But the athletic ability and explosiveness, Rondo didn't have that at all. <laughs> like not even but I guess you can you can still compare because of the passing and how he plays as a point guard, triple double threat, you know. And Rondo isn't even though he had a better jump shot percentage than him. It's the jump shot thing, you know. But like I say, Simmons is a whole other type of monster. And with Josh Richardson, when they lock in, it's not going to be too many guys that can compare to Josh Richardson and Ben Simmons. It's not going to be too many guys able to play offensively against them. How, how many backcourts is it? Are we talking James Harden and Russell Westbrook? They're not going to get to the championship. And still, I've seen Ben Simmons play both of them. <laughs> like, like, he can guard all the elite players. He's guard LeBron James. Like, Ben Simmons is a top three defensive player. And so was Joel Embiid. That they have the best defensive tandem in in all of you can you can put whoever you want to put. Those two guys are just defensively insane. And then Josh Richardson and then Tobias has gotten everybody was questioning him. I said, Yo, there's nothing wrong with Tobias. He's been great this year defensively. Uh, Al Horford, everybody knows how good he is, and Joel Embiid defensively. What makes this team better than Milwaukee is defensively. When they bang against Philly for seven games, I don't see them winning. All Philly has to do is play basketball, and that's just real talk. As good as Milwaukee is, as great as that, uh, you know, and they've been coached, is 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 as much as they have. They are not more talented than Philly, and Philly's not like a bunch of young players. Tobias has been there. Al Horford. Vets, good vets, and then you got two superstar young boys, and then an up and coming. Josh Richardson, but what makes it even more is that the the the, the defense from the bench has the same uh, intensity. Shake Milton, Furkan Korkmaz, 
Monty Stiebel, Mike Scott, Kyle O'Quinn. That's five guys. No question. Shake Milton can light it up. And so can Court Myers. Some good backup. Then you still got Neto. You got three guards, you know, that are able to help. That, the others, that's five guards. And then you come with Mike Scott and Thibault. Thibault, I think that's the reason why I'm in this level, because Thibault has to get that time. And he's such a game-changing defensive player off the bench. I mean, I forget everybody else. He is. It's crazy. And then Norvell Pell. That's a good guy to have when you need another defensive length guy. You don't need scoring. You just need rebounding and defense that he can give it to. So that team just looks like it's better than Milwaukee, any of them. Off the bench alone, Milton and Korkmaz can light it up. Everybody knows this. This is not a guess. This is not an inconsistent notion. They've been doing this all. Milton came up late in the middle of the season to show what he can do. Korkmaz has shown what he can do. Two guys with a clutch. And then you got a rookie with his defensive capability. His offense capability is underrated, but defensive capability can change the game. And then if you get the Mike Scott back, who, who shoots like Robert Ory, <laughs> it's a different basketball team. Kyle O'Quinn is always going to produce as a center. And then you still got Neto and Pell. I mean, it's, just, it's, a, it's a real good bench. But all they need is the, the starting five to do their job, and then everybody else can feed off it. I, I just think there's no problem when you look at Shake Milton, when you look at Furkan Korkmaz, when you look at, I think, Thibault, those three guys for sure. And, and Kyle O'Quinn, just four guys. Mike Scott is the one you're like, okay, is he coming to the game? But he was hot before the season went down. But every time Kyle O'Quinn gets his minutes, he produces, whether it's rebounding, passing, or scoring playing defense. I mean, he's going to contribute. He's going to be a factor off the bench. So they got three guys, and then you got Novell Pell. If they want to put another athletic guy in there, take some fouls to block some shots, he can do it. That's a perfect guy they got, perfect, to come in there, a big body with some defense. You got five guards and four big men, you know, with M.B., Horford, Quinn, and Pell. Then you bring in Thibault, who I just think changes the whole game. Thibault's defense really does something to that, that team. And now when the season comes back, everybody should be healthy now. Everybody, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, everybody should be healthy. It's time. Everybody should be healthy. Philly should be should have really, really um, – took advantage or, or, or got a plus from this break because, you know, we had Embiid out. And, you know, Tybo was a little hurt, so everybody should be back. The draft coming up, see what happens. Um, the 22nd pick is what the Sixers got. And NBA draft from – my boy Mike Draft from has uh, that's why I write it. It's the best site for mock drafts. Uh, Mike Draft from has been really on point, and we've you know we've always expressed we have two different mocks. But I mean, he's just such a smart guy, such a smart guy. But Tyrese Maxey is is a pick, and you think about it, if you get him, 
I mean, he's a good... <laughs> you know why I like Tyrese? Because Tyrese can light it up. So, somebody will have to go. That means you keep in shake or you keep in Furcon. Furcon 6-7, what you gonna do? You know, let him rotate in the three, let Thibault guard the four. We'll see. But he, he's definitely, for a bench player, that, that is a, a high-level talent. But... I'm thinking of some players, you know, and um, Sadiq Bey came up in one clipping, and I think that's a if if he slips that far. I doubt Sadiq Bey, where he's 6'8", and him being able to shoot, I don't think he slips far like that at all. I think he could even be a top-ten pick. But uh, Daniel Toro is another guy. He's tall. He could play center. Um, Jalen Smith is another guy I like. Um, Isaiah Stewart. I mean, if you're looking at guys, what are you looking for? Are you looking for power forward help? Are you looking for a backup center? What do you want out there? You're just going different ways. You get Isaiah Stewart. I mean, definitely a big-time talent. Yeah, with 17 points, 8 rebounds, almost 9 in his freshman year, hitting 57% from the field. I mean, you're getting a beast in there. You're getting a guy who has good low post moves, good mid-range jumper, and can only get better. I see him as a Zach Randolph type of player. I would not mind having a beast like Isaiah Stewart to get him in the 22nd pick. To, to, you know, you could put Tobias at the three, or, or you could let him come off the bench with Thibault playing, you know, because I think Scott's gone eventually. You get another backup, powerful young guy that can back up with Thibault. Tybal, I mean, you, it's time to draft smart here. They did good with Tybal. Zaya Smith averaged 13 and a half points a game. Who knows where he's going to be at with this team. But he's definitely getting better. If you want to know the progress on him, he's been doing good. Once once Milton left the G League, it was on. And he really turned it up. So, you look at now, you need front court players. I mean, you proved it with Milton. You proved it with Milton. You proved it with Cork Myers. You got those two guys. You know, you got two guys that you drafted, and they're both producing. Um, what do you do now? You got Thibault at the small forward position. You need big guys. I mean, look, you got to start thinking real logically about Embiid and usage and if he gets hurt. You need somebody that's a post presence or somebody. And I think Arturo and Stewart are big-time players. I mean, Arturo, 20 points, 11 rebounds. He in 36% from the three-point line. 6'11 guy, I mean... He's only going to get better. I, I really think that he would be somebody interesting to take a look at. What makes a guard, um, a selection of a guard, like Jamius Ramsey, Cassius Stanley, and Tyrese Maxey, and let me get in on those guys, um, because the, the Al Horford is the older, regardless of what happens, he is the older player. So whenever, he's going to be the first one gone anyway whether it's a trade or he just runs out his contract. I mean, I know Josh Richardson's contract, but you should know they're going to, you know, get his contract done. I think that is definitely what they're looking at. If he continues to be the type of guy he is, you just don't let guys like that leave. But Josh Richardson can play small forward, and Tobias can play the four. And you can get a guard. Like, you look at Catcher Stanley. He's, you know, in this day and age, Cassius Stanley probably would have stayed to his second year or his third year because he just reminds me of Vince Carter, period. All-around game, period. And I think he left too early. If he would have came back a second year, 
we could be seeing the ACC Player of the Year right now. Are we first team All American? Like, Cassius Stanley is one of the most underrated players out of his class. Like, I, I think because sometimes the way a player dunks, it blocks people. Oh, he's just a dunker. Because that's his big repertoire. It's so easy for him to get in the air like it's nothing. You know, him and Jalen Green are two of the most effortless players I've seen dunk the ball, you know. That, that, are, that are skilled. I'm talking about guys that are good players, actually elite players, and dunk the ball effortlessly. He's one of them, just like Zion was. Now, Stanley, when the season started out, Duke, he was the best-looking player. Then then Carey ended up taking over. I mean, Stanley is a good player. I, I think he's an interesting pick at 22, it, a guy that can leap like he can. You, you put him on a team with Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid and – he would be exciting. He would be a different type of player. So he is my sleeper pick who I would love to see the Sixers get a cast at Stanley. And the same thing, you know, Tyrese Maxey, if you put him on the court with Ben Simmons and he can light it up like he does, and then he can play point guard and let Ben run around the floor, that's another thing. If you got a guard that can do that, that's big. Jamius Ramsey is explosive. I mean, he, him, and Ben Simmons would be real good. 6'4", Ramsey's another guy if he gets down there. Jalen Smith is another one. This is a guy I write for 247 Sports. And Jalen Smith was one of Baltimore on the Baltimore. Merlin's, Merlin, it was Merlin's best player. He's Baltimore player of the year. I mean, this guy is good. Like, Villanova was after this kid. And he can he's developed so nice. 2.4 blocks, 15 and a half points, 10 rebounds. And, and he's shooting 36% from the three-point line. I mean, this dude can do it all as a, as a power forward. He's that next-level stretch forward. And that's another guy the Sixers should look into. Jalen Smith, if, you, if, you're, if you're telling me to judge who the guys I think are the best fits, I think it's Smith and Arturo if you're going. I think those are the two guys I would look at. And if, and if Vernon Carey falls, get him. You go get Vernon Carey if he falls. Vernon Carey averaged 17, 8 and a half, too. 8.82, just like Isaiah Thomas said. He was hitting 38% from three. I mean, I'm just looking at all these guys. You look at Toro, he didn't play against the competition. Those are three. These, these are the three guys on who I think should be on the Sixers' big time radar. I know Bay's another one. I, no question if he's there. But Bay is, is, is more up than everybody else. Like, you know, you can see Smith, Carey, their stock is, is below the 20s. It's between 20 and 25. It's crazy. Like, these, so then you're looking at guards. You're looking at guards, and I just think, like, one guy I like. I like Aaron Nismith, but I just didn't see enough of him. But Aaron Nismith, he's a guy I would get in the second round. I just wouldn't go for a guy that got hurt, you know. And, and then you're looking at what was his stock coming into the season. And he kind of override, over hit that stock, and then he got hurt. I mean, if he came out of high school with five star and stuff, it's, it's just what it is. I mean, if he came out of high school with great hype, and and I would be like, who, you know? But I wouldn't get him at twenty two. Just wouldn't get him at twenty two. But he'd be a guy in the second round that I would go for if he was there, because he can shoot fifty two percent from the three point line. It's just such a, he's really an intriguing prospect. At six six, he really is. Um, Josh Green, he can defend. That's another guy at twenty two. 
that I would look real hard on. We talk about guards. You talk about Tyrese Maxey, Josh Green, okay, Cassius Stanley. You're looking at some um, pretty, pretty good guys at that guard position there. Even if you look at guys like Ayo Desumnu, um, but I think at that 22 position, you just got to really think about players. I, I like Desumnu, but Cassius Stanley, I think, is just so. Cassius Stanley, Ramsey, as far as the guards go, and Josh Green. Josh Green, from, from that, that's another big example. Talk about Nesmith. If Nesmith came out of high school with the same hype as Josh Green, I mean, it would be different. Uh, Nico Mannion, would you go for it? Yeah, Nico Mannion. These guys are all talented guys. I mean, but it's just like sometimes, like Nico at 22, looking at who the Sixers are, I wouldn't go for a Nico Mannion. That's not the type. Of, uh, Nico or Ashton Hagens, if we needed a point guard, shooting guard, you know, and you had an old point guard or something like that. Or you had a, a shooting guard that could move. But it just would, you would have to need a point guard or need one in the future. Or if you're looking at it, why move Shake Milton for Nico Mannion or, or Ashton Higgins? Why? When you're talking about a, we're talking about a backup point guard, not a starting point guard. He's already doing his job. So... You look at guys like R.J. Hampton. I go back again. They're putting him at 15. They're putting him, I mean, it's crazy, 14. He's out the top 10 now. And that's only because, like I said, he didn't get the touches. He didn't get the attempts. He didn't get the minutes. You cannot look at LaMelo and look at his shooting percentage compared to R.J.'s. But, but the only reason is his numbers, he was able to flash a lot of his talent. Because look at the time. But R.J. took up his time good. So that's the first thing I want to say now. The thing is, RJ is a, is a combo guard at 6'6". He can play shooting guard. He can play point guard. But either way, you put him with Philly. One team I said was Detroit because, you know, Derrick Rose is about to go, and that'll be RJ's team. But if Philadelphia is trying to make a trade, that's the smartest trade in the draft. I'm, I'm telling you now, we've talked about Josh Green, who I like a lot. I think he would be a better pick at 22 than a Nico Mannion because he's a, he can defend. He's a very good pick at 22. Excellent pick Josh Green is at 22. Matter of fact, I mean, he's edging. It's the same as RJ. Two real good players. So... But R.J. Hampton, can, he's the best shooter. And listen, he's the most crisp, polished shooter in this draft. How about that? And I mean, he just has a great stroke, and he can light it up. You let him be R.J., he is going to score. He can, he's one of the, he's the, I, I said it when he came out of the high. You're looking at other shooters like Nesmith and uh, there's other good shooters just like R.J. So it's different now. He's in a pool of guys that can shoot like him. Uh, Devin Haskell, I mean, these guys can shoot. You know, it's other. It's a lot of good shooters in this draft. Tyler Bay, a lot of good shooters. But R.J. is just as good. And except when you judge R.J. among them, R.J.'s a, a complete better player. He can pass. He can play defense. He, his energy, his IQ, his uh, locker room presence, 
his his ability to learn. Look what he did. He sat back and you know didn't complain, took the minutes, and when he got in there, he made impact. Every coach to see just how good of a player RJ is. You put him with Ben Simmons. Let me, let me tell you the, the building why I'm, I say this will be great because RJ can play the point. He really started really grew. He started grooming to being a ball handler distributor his last year in high school when he was scoring 30 a game for Lil' Elm. Um, he had, I mean, he's had a couple of 50-point games in his high school career. He can let Ben Simmons roam around like Brett Brown been doing. You know, when they put Milton, when they let Josh Richardson handle the ball, when they let Tobias Harris, you put an R.J. Hamilton, an R.J. Hampton at the two position. And then you could just let Ben run around, let R.J. learn the offense. And as that, as that team grooms, eventually Al Horford will be gone. You will have Tobias Harris, R.J. Hampton, Josh Richardson, and Joel Embiid, a hell of a defensive team. And then you're talking about Ben Simmons don't have to always have the ball. And you got a guy that can not only handle the ball, but he can shoot on you, just like Josh Richardson. Now you've got two guys who can handle the ball, Josh Richardson and R.J. Hampton. And that would be, if they trade, if, let me tell you something. If you look at where they're at, 22. And if R.J. moves down to 14 or 15, if I was Philly, I'd be making all types of calls to try to trade up there to get R.J. Hampton. If, if what these scouts are saying is right, I would be making all types of calls if he falls to 14. If he gets to 14, I mean, and they have an Al Horford. Listen, Al Horford's a good player. But if you can get an R.J. Hampton on your team, just let just let this kid play with the, the start lineup, and I guarantee you we're talking about a different type of team. Um, you use Al Horford in the 22nd pick to trade up and get R.J. Hampton and another player or, or a second-round pick. I say a second-round pick. Give me a second-round pick. You can have Al Horford and a first-round pick for R.J. Hampton and a second-round pick. I mean, that that's that's a hell of a good trade. And, you know, they're probably going to have to give up some people, a person. You get somebody from somebody. And if you look at that, the 13 is the Pelicans. Uh... The Blazers and the Magic, 14 or 15, like, those are your trading partners. You look at the Blazers, why wouldn't they want an Al Horford? You look at the Magic, why wouldn't they want an Al Horford? <laughs> you look at the Pelicans, why wouldn't they want an Al Horford? I mean, you're putting a vet, a vet in any one of those young units. And all them young units are going for playoffs, especially if Blazers keep Carmelo and get Al Horford. That would be something different if if that could happen and they make a trade and Philly goes for somebody, whoever they would try to get from them. I mean, think about it. You get RJ and you're trying to get another front court player. I mean, who? I mean, they have a good pick of young guys that are front court players they can go get. I mean, think about it. What if they even get Carmelo in a trade? I'm just saying, if Philly was to somehow, and just listen to me, you know, you trade Al Horford in the 22nd pick for Carmelo and, and R.J. Hampton. I mean, what, you're getting Al Horford now. Melo would have to, you know, it would be a good 
choice. We put him on the bench. You put Melo right on the bench. Be a good scorer off the bench. Super good scorer off the bench. Bring him in with this type of unit, this type of team. And I think that could spell championship. Think about it. You bring Melo. You bring Melo. Who who do you want to start? Do you want to start Melo first with Tobias and Josh, and then you let RJ come off the bench? And then that probably would break up. It'd probably be different. It'd probably break up the, the, the backcourt now. A court mines, one of them would have to go. So I think you would instantly put RJ in the starting lineup and put Melo backing up. Melo can back up to Bias. Then then you can come off the bench and let RJ sit down and you know, because you don't want to bring him along too fast. So you got him and Cork Mines being your guards. Him and Cork Mines. So if you talk about Jalen Smith and I tell you where everybody fits and Cash, I, I, I'm just trying to say where everybody fits and a good second round picks for Philly. They have three second-round picks, two early ones. So they could easily, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see where they go from there. Will that be used in a trade? They don't really need the second-round picks. Will they get one? They're drafting good. They're drafting, especially in the second round. Shake Milton was a second-round pick. I mean, Bolden was a good second round. He was productive. He wasn't great, but, you know, he was a decent guy. You know, Landry Salmon. I mean, well, Salmon was the first-round pick. Um, you look at guys like Rashawn Holmes who came out the second round. And Philly is a really greens. Like, Philly's always been good at getting second-round picks. So, ultimately, um, those three first-round picks could be traded. We'll see what happens. Philly could, you know, you got the 22nd pick if you can get two second-round picks and Al Horford. Two early second-round picks and Al Horford. You can maybe move up further. See what happens. But that's my trade there as far as moving up. If we're talking about a Sadiq Bay, who's another guy that, that could be in that 13 to 15 round, 12. It's another guy that you could trade up for. But I'm I'm looking at the fact that you have Ben Simmons, you you're waiting on him to develop his jump shot, and you need another. And, it's, and so many times Brown is using these ball handlers like Josh Richardson and Tobias Harris. You bring in Shake Milton, you bring in Neto, and then he runs that Simmons play the inside and run around. What better than to have a guy like RJ who came out of high school learning the point guard position was a combo guard and has a deadly jump shot, a deadly score. A deadly score, and you let Ben Simmons run around, and then Ben Simmons can also get the ball to him. Like that's just an unbelievable tandem, and then him for him to be around a guy like Josh Richardson, you know, he he'll learn so much. He's such a good learner. Like I just I keep on thinking that R.J. Hampton is the player for the Sixers. I just, and the only reason I'm saying that is because of where his stock is going. Philly has a chance to trade and get R.J. Hampton. That's crazy. You mean to tell me, so I'm just saying, like, you know, I talk to the camps a lot, and, you know, RJ's working hard. 
But um, the way the scouts are looking at him is ridiculous. I just don't. I don't even understand. Like, what do you see in him that you don't like? Like Anthony Edwards showed you, or <laughs> I say this all the time. I only want to get into this. It's not the segment. We'll have an NBA draft set, but it's just crazy. But listen, I'm out of here, y'all. Good Philadelphia 76 to talk. The playoffs, I do think they can win it, but I don't think they will. I think the Lakers will win it. But I still think they'll they'll make it to the finals. I mean, I don't really – Milwaukee doesn't impress me. We beat them this year. We beat them last year. I mean, they beat us. I mean, they, they haven't – they're not a – their record doesn't speak for them. They don't look like a team like that. And Philly is the kryptonite for – both elite, both uh, Milwaukee and the Lakers, because they got size. They can listen. Whether Al Horford's here or not next year, he's a problem on this team. He's, you, know, you can bring how many big people you want. Anthony for the Anthony Davises and, and the Antetokounmpo's, he's a problem for y'all. So and that and that, that spells good for Embiid because he won't have to do so much. So um, listen, man, I'm out of here. It's your boy Lita Johnson. Basketball is back July 31st. Um, the lottery is August 24th, the 2020 NBA Draft Lottery. The NBA Draft will be October the 15th. And the deadline, the deadline for guys to withdraw is August the 3rd. For people, for, for prospects to withdraw from the NBA Draft, it's August the 3rd. So listen, man, I'm out of here. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Lita Johnson. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Facebook. I'm out, y'all. Follow Lita.